Hey, what's up, guys? It's Lizzie Jean, and you're tuning in to another episode of the EXO Podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by Rockstar Energy Drink, keeping us powered throughout the weekend at Forbidden Kingdom Music Festival. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Ace Aura to catch up, talk about this crazy momentum he has gained over a period of time in which live shows weren't happening. He's completely new to the touring circuit. He hit the ground running, and now he is playing all over the United States with releases on Monster Cat, Disciple, Rushdown, Circus, you name it, he's released there. And I am so excited for his future, and make sure to try and catch him if you see him coming to your city. Do not forget we had a brand new episode of EXO Radio drop this week week featuring Dogma, fresh off of Riot 10's new album. He had a massive collab with him. He is also listed as support with Asora, myself, and a multitude of other very talented artists for Riot 10's Hyper Die Tour. So we will all see you out there this fall. My Patreon is newly loaded with fresh content, tutorials, exclusive ad-free previews of the podcast, and much more. Don't forget to check that out at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. I have an awesome community growing there and I would love for you to become a part of it. So don't forget to check out that link down in the bio. Click it, check it out. I hope to see you on my Patreon this coming month. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane and you're tuning in to another episode of the XO Podcast. Eric, hello. How Hi. are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm glad to see that you're actually here in one piece. Yeah, you know? it was uh, quite the morning. <laughs> so we're coming to you from Forbidden Kingdom. Um, tell me about today. All right. So I had a packed weekend with shows. So I played one in Portland, Oregon, a couple days ago. Okay. One in Wichita, Kansas, yesterday that I almost missed the flight for because of similar issues to today. And then I was like, I'm not going to miss my flight today, right? And so I wake up, get to the airport two hours early, and I get to the flight on time. It departs at 6. And I the, the, the pilot and the co-pilot were like, all right, so we've got a delay. We're not going to know more about it until 7.30. And so hour and a half past schedule, and I have a connecting flight, so that was just not going to work. But uh, flight departs at around 7.30. I get to the next airport where my layover was, and I just couldn't, like, the flight had departed by the time I got there. Yeah. And so I was like, this sucks. And it's like, uh, I, I didn't think I was going, to be, was going to be able to make my set. Yeah. And um, I then uh, looked online. My girlfriend actually helped me find another flight oh. that was going to uh, Orlando. Uh, I was going to be there by, like, 3.19. My set was at 4.20. It would have been perfect. And so I book it. That one gets delayed, too. And so I get there late, oh, and oh I miss my, my set. But you covered it. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you being cool with me covering it. I'm glad somebody from, like, the Outer Loop team was, like, here. Yeah. Because I think we're one of the only two people here from, like, our squad. So I believe was, so, yeah. Yeah, like, Han called me and was, like, uh, you know, he was he called me, and I unfortunately didn't have his number saved, so I didn't know who it was. I was from California, so I was like, huh, eh, California, I'll answer. Maybe it's someone. Right. And then, and then he was like, uh, Ace is going to be, like, late to his set. Can we do this? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, we'll just move the podcast later. Like, he can come and sit down. Han's like, no, we have no one for his set. I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. And then I called Michael. And I was like, I don't know who just called me, but Eric may not be making his set. So let's figure it out. But I'm glad you got here. And it's just, it sucks. But it's like, that's just what happens sometimes. Yeah. There are things you can't control. 
Yeah, this is my first festival, and so, like, I was really looking forward to playing the set, but I also have in the back of my mind, like, I don't think there could be, like, much of a worse situation than what happened today. So I got the bad situation over with, and I know kind of, like, what to expect as far as the worst. Yes, and you're an incredibly optimistic person, and, like, that comes through your social media and all of that shit, which is, like, super fucking dope, And and I love, like, the approach you've taken, not only with your music. I mean, oh, my God, I remember listening to you. I discovered you like four years ago when okay. like no one was like like no one knew who the fuck you were. Right. You were on Rushdown, and when you were on Rushdown with Harvey, I was like, okay, who is this? And then all of a sudden, when I started talking to Outer Loop, they were like, oh yeah, well we like represent Chime and Azor, and I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> I was like, but it's it's very cool to see this movement that's just started, and I think a lot of it is due to COVID and and people having to have more listenable music yeah, you know I, sure. I i don't think they're you know listening to like these atonal like rhythm bangers like flipping pancakes in the morning you know right and and i feel like the kind of music that you have kind of helped push the pioneer front like forward with harvey is just the next evolution of case music that's yeah. how i feel i mean i don't know how you feel i mean it's fun stuff like it's something i've been producing for around nine years at this point right yeah and I've always had this vision in my mind of like combining really heavy stuff with melodic stuff in a way that made sense. Yes. Like um, I've heard plenty of songs where there's like a melodic section, a heavy section, or like melodic elements, heavy elements. And I wanted to be the person to like make it to where it's all one thing. Yeah. It's like the the melody meets like the heaviness. It's like one combined element. And so that's yeah. what kind of been what I've been trying to do. And it's like so many layers, like when you look into like your so like when you look into an average project of yours, just because I'm someone who I would love to just pick your brain over and over again. Yeah. Um, where do you normally start? It's gonna be different for every song. Okay. Uh some of them start from just concepts or inspirations in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make a song that embodies this feeling or like this stage of life I'm in, and I'll do that. Or like um maybe there's like uh I'm a Christian and that's a really big part of what I do musically. Yeah. And so like maybe there's something in the Bible that's really inspired me and I wanna like make a song embodying that concept. Yeah. Um the whole reset environment EP that released on Disciple was kind of about the book of Revelation. Just the concept of there being like a new heaven and a new earth and kind of like putting that into musical form and like what that might look like. You, you painted a pretty good picture of that. And it's so cool for like your evolution of kind of just starting via independent releases and like brush down. And then like now you're on disciple and monster cat and all this stuff. So again, you know, you have, you know, you've put the work in. So it's like, it's, it's a long-term vision, but it has to feel good that you really have this sound that you have helped curate where you and like, you know, it is in that like color based realm, but there's now like these subgenres underneath the color base that yeah. everyone has their place to shine. And I think of like you and Skybreak and Dynamic and all of them. And it's it's cool and it seems like the community you guys have built is like so overly supportive of each other just to keep pushing oh, yeah. each other forward. Yeah, for sure. The rushdown in rushdown we have a um facebook messenger group that people stay active literally daily on like i have not been in another label where people are like this supportive of each other and like talk all the time like it's been really cool to be a part of and i haven't released on rushdown in like a year or two at this point at least but i still like keep up to date with everyone's work and stuff it's really cool to have like a community around that yeah and i feel like that's so important not only for like growth but this can get a little mentally tasking like this is your first time really being you really had that moment where i felt like you kind of 
just came into your own over COVID, which mm-hmm. is very rare considering the circumstances of everything going on because right. we do really operate a lot around touring. Um, and this is your first time really right, like nationally touring kind of on the road. Yeah, it's been very interesting. Um, I played scattered shows before COVID and then uh, signed with UTA, uh, yeah. Jake Bernstein and Steve Gordon are my booking agents. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did not expect to like start touring during a global pandemic. Uh, it was weird at first, of course, because drive-ins, they're fun, but they feel very different from like club shows because there's so much distance. Um, but I did a few of those over COVID. And then as things have started opening up, now I'm getting a taste for what actual like touring life looks like. And it's real fun, but it's more exhausting than people might think. Like, um, this was supposed to be my first like three show in a row weekend if I would have like made my set today. Yeah. But like even like two in a row is just like you're done with the first one, gotta wake up early for the next one after staying up super late, playing a set. It's just like it can get taxing for sure. It's mentally tasking, it's physically tasking. And I know like you are a big gym head yourself. So yeah. like you love going to the gym. So it's so like we do that as well. It's so crazy, like having a sleep schedule and having your diet and having your gym routine and then being like oh, okay, you've got three shows in a row. Your set time is at 1.30. It ends at 3. got to be at the airport at 5.45. Yep. And then when you get there, you can't check into your hotel until 4. And it's, it's a lot, you know? Yeah, it's a lot. And I feel like if I didn't, like, keeping up with my health is super important. Like, I don't always do a good job of it because I'm a human. Yeah. But, like, I know that if I were not, like, at least trying to make a conscious effort about what I'm eating, amount of sleep I'm getting, like, uh, working out, I would be, like, dead. Like, yeah. Touring is very taxing, and I think having a really good routine that keeps you going is really important. I don't know how some people do it where they, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, holy fuck, man. Like, I just can't, like, I don't know how they do it and I, and I commend them but but I'm very much so I need to have my routine I need to get make sure I'm getting out of the studio into the gym because it all feeds back into like our mental capacity of working and oh, continuing yeah. to go forward and I know like during COVID you started being an instructor for the fire society yes and you're still doing stuff with them right yes so how's that experience been was it the first time you were like teaching feedback yeah yeah absolutely yeah it was really interesting I was around the time where I was looking to figure out how to monetize my music production basically because I was at the point where streams weren't earning that much and shows weren't happening because COVID and um, I was at the point in my life where I I just graduated from the University of Texas at Dallas with a computer science degree and um, at the time I was like okay this is the point where I really need to decide whether or not I go hard for music or for computer science stuff because throughout my college experience I had been kind of like coasting by and like making music my main thing and so I was like okay I don't know what to do and I prayed a lot about it talked to my girlfriend a lot about it and then the Defire guys reached out and were like, hey, uh, we like your stuff. Would you like to be an instructor? And I was like, yes. yes and so I've yes, been doing that yes. ever since. Yeah. yeah. And that's been a really good um, avenue for learning. I think giving music feedback really helps you to go back to your own productions and figure out how to improve them. And so that's been a really good blessing. Just learn in general because it's, it's like when you get asked certain questions – like about compression or saturation or mixing it makes you reflect and then like the gears start turning in your head like oh shit like how can I kind of dumb this down to explain it to someone who has no idea about it and that makes you better yourself when you go back even if it's just like basic things and that's why I feel like whether it's teaching or like mentorship or like even doing YouTube videos like it's it's important to do something like that long term because it really helps you kind of connect with like your roots as an artist and like continue to grow and for someone who has like such a signature sound now that you've like really developed um what are some things that i guess you would you would advise to 
people who are now trying to get into the scene as a producer, and you see it with the Fire Society. Yeah. Everyone wants to do it, even through COVID, where I'm like, how? Why the fuck would you want to do this? Yeah. They still want to do it, and it's because the love of music, and it's amazing to have such a cool support system. But I'm sure you see it over and over again, where it's like people are just either they're either following trends or or they're not understanding how to make their own sound yeah and do you think that just comes with time or do you think it's like how did you approach kind of building the avenue in which you came down that's a good question i think it's an it's a combination of it just happening naturally over time and being intentional about it um i had a moment where i sat down in like 2017 2018 uh and kind of wrote down all of my favorite kind of musical inspirations and all of my favorite elements in music and then tried to like make a song using all of those and like kind of doing that really helped shape my mind around like where I want to go as an artist like with my sound and stuff like that and so doing exercises like that I think is really good for finding out just in general what you like and where you want to go because I think I even get stuck in this now I think it's really easy to coast by and try to just do what the trends are um and of course, like as someone that does this full time, you have to find a balance because you can't just like do super weird stuff or else no one's going to get it. Yeah. But like uh, it's about kind of finding a balance between what's trending right now and what you can add to the table that other people aren't. That's unique to you. And so I would advise just like it's good to kind of take trends as a way to learn how to create music. But there has to be a step where you kind of make it your own. You add your own inspirations that you've heard, like growing up as a kid, things you like that aren't in the genre you make and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I feel like just like broadening spectrums. I was just talking to a company and he was talking about working with um, Teddy Killers on the DMB track that they yeah. did for Monster Cat. And he was just like, it was so amazing working with someone who wasn't like, their primary focus was dubstep because you learn so much and they bring so much to the table yeah. and and just like pushing yourself to do more of that have you found yourself doing that through quarantine where you're not writing you know what you normally release you're working on some other shit or is it it's been mostly the same kind of yeah. dubstep but I have written a few tracks that have been kind of outside of my genre so to speak I guess um, I've been really into hard wave lately it's okay. a genre that kind of combines trance elements and like trap yeah. And, like, hard style. It's a really cool combination. That's coming up, though. It yeah. is, yep. It's real fun. Guys like Dead Crow, Skeller. I was about to say Dead Crow, yep. Yeah. yeah. Dead Crow stuff is awesome. I play him in all my sets. Um, Whenever I think about him, uh, I think about, like, video games almost, you know? And it's it's just kind of, like, going by. And and, and it's 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 definitely a cool subgenre that we're starting to see evolve. And I just feel like the possibilities are endless. And I can't imagine where we're going to sit in music terms like 10 years down the road. Oh, yeah. From like what's existing now because you already start seeing things like phasing out and I just feel like I know everybody like hates the term intelligent dance music but like I feel like that's what you produce where it's like it makes your mind like not only like stimulated but it like it, it's just you have to have that like ear and like that love for like melodic music it's almost like pop dubstep i know that sounds like weird yeah that makes but, sense but it's it's a really cool thing that that i'm glad it started to evolve in in covid with every all the clubs shutting down and everything because i now i feel like we're gonna get this whole new wave of people like yourself that are continuing to push this forward and i can see like takeovers at lost lands that are all like future rhythm all of yeah. that kind of stuff which is really cool are there any um artists that you I know you put on like a lot of underground artists and stuff all the time are there any artists that you like particularly have your eye on right now that you're like supporting all that stuff yeah yeah I think one of the big ones that not many people know about is Space Yeti 
Okay. Um, he's got a, raw, a lot of really good stuff. Uh, some of his more recent unreleased stuff kind of combines the melodic with the heavy, kind of like I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but I play out his stuff in all my sets as well. I'm trying to think of some more. Um, Skybreak. I he's on the rise. Sky, bro. Like, he's on the rise, though. Yeah. He's, he sends me his folder sometimes, and I'm like, bro, like, what is he, 18? He's 18? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he has he has a very bright future ahead of him. But it's like yeah. I look at people like him and like Omar and like more kismet and stuff, yeah. and it's like, your headspace is just in such a different area when you're like still in high school, you know? Like, yeah. like, and it's and it's 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 like I wish I would have fucking picked up a computer when I was that young. But it's everybody's journey is so different, and I think that's what's like special about this. So I know, like, you post about you know Christianity and your religion like all the time. Yeah. Have you? This scene gets a little weird. Have you had trouble with? Uh, I guess, pushing this message forward or have you felt kind of odd in certain situations because of your message with Christianity? And if it's yeah. like an uncomfortable question, you totally no, don't totally have to fine. answer it. That's a legitimate question. Like, um, for the most part, no. That hasn't really been an issue. I think, uh, especially in the EDM scene, people are really receptive to a lot of different ideas. And if it was something where more of like, everyone thought a certain way and then like I was the odd one out, that might have been weird. But it's like a, a lot of people in the scene are open. And so me talking about my faith hasn't ever really been weird. Um, the only time I can remember, I didn't even re- experience it myself. Uh, my manager caught it is I made a post about Easter and like mentioning that it was like to celebrate Jesus' death yeah, and resurrection. Yeah. And apparently someone had like quote tweeted it and said I was in like a cult or whatever. And I was oh, like, shit. okay, <laughs> uh, I didn't know about this until my manager told yeah. me. Cause like, I don't have the Twitter app. I don't use it often. And so like, um. I use a third-party app to tweet just because I don't like the platform. You told me that. So yeah. tell – well, I'm glad to hear that. And, and and that's how I figured it would be, but I don't know too many people who are, like, outward with it where, like, when I was growing up, I was in a Christian rock band. And, like, I went to – I did the whole, like, youth group and all of that shit. So yeah. I, I understand the back end of it. And I was just – it was a curious question in the back of my mind if you had ever had, like, problems with it. But that's yeah. good to hear. I mean, everybody's so weird here. So, like, everybody – it's, like, kind of like a misfit box kind of. Yeah, exactly. And so it's cool to hear that it's been like widely received and all of that stuff and you'll always have like the stupid outliers that are just whatever but they're not they're not relevant yeah. and so with Twitter going to social media I know you're very particular and kind of keeping that energy uh, restricted towards where you're spending your social media time yeah. what you're spending on you know your music your gym life how do you balance it and do you use like third party apps for everything not everything uh, I have the Instagram app I have the Facebook app I use those to post um I mean, I'm a human. I do get stuck on those apps way too long sometimes. Like, just scrolling through Instagram reels, just doing nothing. But um, with Twitter in particular, I found it to be a really, like... I think it's a platform that can breed a lot of negativity really fast. And so I, uh, probably, like, close to a year ago at this point, got rid of the app, and I got a third-party app called Buffer that lets you, like, schedule tweets or, like, post tweets from your account. And so I don't really look at my feed or my notifications. Sorry if you've, like, tweeted me before. But, like, (laughs) uh, or messaged me. But I'll go on my computer sometimes to check messages, notifications, stuff like that. But I'll use the Buffer app to tweet about things um, that are, like, updates. or like, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just part of the job. It's like, you got, you got to do it at some point, you I know? I forget to do it all the time. Like, uh, my girlfriend has to remind me to, like, post about important events and, like, update my story and stuff like that. Because I'll just, like, be doing my daily activities and forget that I have a social media it's presence. It's another world. It's like a second world. It is. And it's like so many people just get almost more invested in the second world than the world we're living in. And and especially during COVID, I felt like we were at this point where 
it was just so in Twitter and so in social media that it was like people didn't realize that it wasn't reality. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm glad that this is existing now because I think a lot of that negativity is lifted. And, you know, the more people can go outside and do things and X, Y, and Z, it's going to get better. Yeah. But um, tell me about things you're excited for. Anything on the rise that, that you can tease for listeners? Okay. I've got a few upcoming releases with a label that I have worked with in the past but have not worked with much. I'll, I'll just say that much. I can't say much about the releases, of course. Yeah. Um, but I've got that coming up. Uh, lots of shows lined up that I'm really excited about. Uh, a little nervous about how much mental energy it's going to take to like do all of them every weekend, but it's going to be fun for sure. Yeah. Uh, some of which I can't announce yet, but like a few festivals coming up and stuff like that. It'll be fun. Um, what else is there? I've been working on a lot of music that hasn't really been lined up for release yet, but I'm really excited about the direction it's going in. Yeah. I think I'm really starting to hit, like, a new stride with... Of course, like, I've had the melodic rhythm thing going for a while, but there was a point where I kind of got bored with it. Yeah. And, like, I didn't want to abandon it, but I also didn't want to, like, keep doing the same thing because you get stuck in a rut sometimes. That's where I was a few months ago. Okay. And so I've been adding new inspirations in from other genres like hard wave to my stuff. And um, incorporating that in the melodic rhythm sound, and that's been really fun. Well, that's how so. you evolve, you know? Yeah. And and I feel like the evolution as you as an artist is going to be a, a very cool sight to see because it, as long as you just keep building, it's going to be awesome. And it's like you're paving the path for all of these people where I just remember Harvey like a long time ago. He'd just be like, fuck, man, like no one's giving attention to this subgenre. No one, yeah. you know, people just want to hear bangers. Da, da, da. And I feel like now more than ever, people just enjoy letting a song breathe. And, and that's the point of the music that you make. It's like, I feel like the music that you make are like records. They're not just like tracks. They're not like bangers. And yeah. It's like, you know, and it's like they are bangers. Don't get me wrong. Like they do go off on a sound system. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm fully invested as a listener from beginning to end. And I feel like that's like a goal that every artist should have, you know, moving yeah. forward. Yeah, but, yeah. It's been interesting for sure. Like one of the things that I've had to think through a lot trying to make this my career is finding a balance between making things that work live because like I play live shows. That's like part of the experience and making stuff that feels kind of like creatively fulfilling and has depth to it. And so sometimes it can be kind of hard to have music that um, goes hard on the sound system, but also has more to it than just like quarter notes and thick drums, you know. But it's been fun finding that balance, actually. I think it's a fun challenge to find something that's, like, creatively stimulating. Um, and and like, goes off. Yeah, and goes off. And so it's fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, I do really appreciate you coming on, Eric. Thanks I'm really glad you you actually got here safely. And I know, especially with Jake and Steven, you're going to be all over this fall. So I'm very happy for you. And I'm excited for your new releases. And you're just going to keep pumping it out. Thank you. So, yeah, um, everyone, Asora, check out his music if you haven't already. Coming to you from Forbidden Kingdom. Have a good one. Peace out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the XO Podcast. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that are return listeners and viewers. It means the world to me. And do not forget to check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane for a first opportunity to hear these podcasts ad-free. Give us some input who you want to see on the podcast. Ask questions, one-on-one lessons, group lessons, live streams, and so much more. This is Lizzie Jane, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the EXO Podcast.